Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Holly. And we're a married couple living in small town Iowa. If this is your first time listening, the name of this podcast, Inside the Cup, comes from Matthew 23:26, where Jesus explains that if we want our behavior and actions to be good and right, we must first clean the inside of the cup or change what's inside of us. So how in the world can we change what's inside of us? Come join us as we approach this deep question in a down-to-earth conversation about how we can actually change for the good. Welcome back to Inside the Cub Podcast. This is episode six. Last episode, we talked about why start with the second half of the greatest commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, isn't that going to be just too hard? (laughs) Well, today we're going to talk about being transformed into a loving person, which happens by discipleship to Jesus. Is that really necessary? And what if I just try really hard to love my neighbors? Yeah, your first thought might be, okay, all this discipleship stuff we've been talking about uh, in order to love our neighbor as ourselves, isn't there an easier way than that? Do we really have to go through all of this? If I want to be a loving person, if I want to love my neighbor, can't I just do nice things for them, you know, bring people uh, a meal or serve them or shovel their driveway or just show them common courtesy and respect, maybe not be judgmental towards them? Isn't that enough to be loving to my neighbor? Does that count as far as loving my neighbor goes? Much of our actions don't come from conscious decisions, but from habits that are already stored up in us, many of which we don't even realize are there. So if I just try to love my neighbor all the time, I might do a good job for a while, but at some point I am going to fail. Yeah, we all know this from experience. We can hold it up for a certain amount of time, but we're, we're humans. We're finite human beings, only capable of so much. So we can act loving, and we can try to act loving, especially to those closest to us or those who we've decided to do it. But at a certain point, if you're sleep-deprived or stressed out... Or behind closed doors... Or, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a big one. When nobody's looking, right? When no one's looking, yeah, you can be quite loving when you're out and about with your, your kids, but when they you're behind closed doors, what kind of person are you? Yeah, so what that gets us at is consistency, right? If, if we're talking about trying to be a loving person and to love people, we might be able to keep that up for a while or maybe even put on the performance if we're out in public or out around other people, but... We're not going to be able to keep it up all the time, and at a certain point, that facade will fall apart. Uh, if If we are at home behind closed doors, you know, you feel safer, more comfortable with your family, and you can kind of be more of yourself and let some of your less than admirable qualities come out around around family at home. Yeah, and sometimes I I think it's much easier to be loving or kind to someone that you don't know very well than it is to be kind to your own spouse or your own children or your own relative. Yeah, because of that, you're more familiar with your family. There's a certain level of relationship built there and trust built there. So you can really say things and do things with family members that uh, you wouldn't do even with a complete stranger. And then the opposite's true. You might find yourself being a lot more polite and patient with a complete stranger you've never met before out in public and then that same day drive home to be 
impatient and mean with uh, you know the person you love most. We will have to draw from resources that are outside of ourselves if we are going to be consistent in being a loving person to everyone around us. Yeah, if it's true that that being a loving person is beyond human capabilities on our own, that means we're going to have to draw from resources beyond ourselves, which is God. But you can try really hard, and effort really isn't a bad thing. No, effort's not bad. It's actually going to turn out to be essential. It's going to take a significant amount of hard work and effort to become a loving person. So discipleship is not a passive process. We've seen it err on the other side in the past where we've tried to make the Christian walk all about doing the right behaviors, doing the right things. And there's been incredible amounts of effort that have been applied in those directions. The Pharisees were some of the most zealous religious people around. It was not for lack of effort that they were failing. What Jesus addressed is they were applying their efforts in the wrong direction. What we've ended up doing sometimes is swing the pendulum the other way, saying, okay, it's not by works that we're saved, so we don't have to worry about works. Uh, That gives us this concept where we don't need to do anything, and Christianity becomes this passive process. And it's not a passive process. It actually takes a significant amount of work on our side. But the issue is, where is the effort being applied? We could almost assume a several years long period that it's going to take for these changes to take place. It's not going to be something that happens short term or overnight. So the effort is good. It's just a matter of where we are applying our effort. Are we applying our effort to just trying to obey Jesus' command? And then we end up in failure or legalism that we didn't do this, this, and this? Or is our effort directed towards inner character transformation in discipleship to Jesus? I think we've discussed two ways that we can see a failure to apply our effort in the right direction. So one is passivity, right? If we do nothing, that's not going to get us anywhere. That's kind of an obvious one. Uh, And that's a significant problem at times in the spiritual walk. If we find ourselves in the passive process or stuck in the passive mode, we stay where we are spiritually and we don't change, we don't grow. But then the other way, we can actually apply a significant amount of effort. And if it's not applied in the right direction, it doesn't accomplish the end that it was meant to accomplish. Let's take a practical example. Uh, something like running a marathon. Which I don't know anything about running a marathon because I've never ran a marathon. (laughs) But we can imagine what it's like to run a marathon. So say that's your goal is to run a marathon. One way of failing at doing that is to be passive. If you sit on the couch and don't apply any effort and maybe just watch people running a marathon on TV, uh, that's not going to get you to where you need to be. Or I could run a mile and see how fast I can run that one mile over and over again and see how that works for me. Yeah, you can apply significant effort in the wrong direction. So that's a, that's a perfect example. If you just keep trying to run one mile over and over trying to beat your time, you can end up spending a lot of time and effort doing that. I mean, you could be uh, on the treadmill or out running daily and still not be able to run a marathon despite spending all that time and effort. 
I might be able to run a mile really fast, but I probably won't won't be looking very good once I go beyond a few miles and I'm trying to run that marathon. Yeah, if the goal was to run a marathon, we fall short of that goal because the effort either wasn't there or the effort was misapplied. So taking that example back to loving your neighbor as yourself or becoming a loving person in the same way, you can be passive and nothing will really change or you can apply effort, but it's not in the right direction. Yeah, if our if our response is to be passive and wait for God to change us, just to zap us and change us into a loving person, that's not going to happen. God doesn't do that. And if our goal is to become a loving person or love our neighbor, it won't work. But then if you take the misapplication of significant effort, like a lot of folks have before over religious history of spending an incredible amount of time and effort and energy in the wrong direction and still not be changed into a loving person and still not able to love their neighbor. So our effort needs to be directed towards character transformation in discipleship to Jesus. That's it. If we want to love our neighbor as ourselves, we have to become a loving person. And there will be a process, just like running a marathon, that we will take our significant effort on our part and apply it in the right direction, and we'll find that we're actually able to do it. But it's not our effort alone. There's grace. It's actually going to be a cooperation between our effort and God's grace. And we've got a definition for grace here that we're going to use. It comes from Dallas Willard's definition of grace. Grace is God acting in my life to help me accomplish something I can't do on my own. So that's bigger than oftentimes we look at the word grace. A lot of times when we look at grace, we think of it as forgiveness of sins. And that's exactly right. I'm not able to forgive my sins on my own. I need God's action in my life for that to become a reality. If we look at it in a more general sense, like Dallas Willard was suggesting, grace is just God acting in your life. And that can be in any number of different ways, including what we're talking about in this season one, becoming a loving person. We're going to need God's grace for that. As we go along through this journey, there's going to be several inner changes in the person, uh, different aspects of cleaning the inside of the cup. Some of these are going to be developing spiritual or emotional maturity, uh, growing in faith, becoming uh, humble, dying to self, and all of these are going to end up being graces from God. If it turns out that I'm a person marked by humility, it's not because I pulled that off somehow, it's because God acted in my life to help me do something that I can't do by myself. Shh, Mike, don't give away all of season one. We are going to be talking about love, spiritual and emotional maturity, humility, faith. I think you mentioned death to self. We're going to be talking about all those in this season. There's a logical order to these different steps of interchange. We're going to take some time to go through that in really in some good detail, but we're going to find out that each one of these steps is a grace of God. So now what we've laid out today, effort's essential. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's going to actually require a significant amount of effort on our part to become a loving person, but it's not our effort alone. It's a cooperation between our individual effort 
and the grace of God. So, Mike, let's be really clear. Where do we apply our effort? Significant effort on our part is required, but where that effort is applied is not in trying hard to love our neighbor. The effort is applied in discipleship to Jesus, where we're transformed or changed into a different kind of person, a loving person. Next week, we'll talk about the details of the transformation process, which we will refer to as spiritual formation. Thanks for joining us at Inside the Cup Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive new episodes automatically. You can check out our website, InsideTheCup.com, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Inside the Cup Podcast. <laughs>